0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Embody Your Soul. I am your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as BB by many. And here on Embody Your Soul, this is where we get real comfy and discover how we can tap into our divine self through spiritual connection and best practices. If you are new here, hello. I am a psychic medium channeler, and this is my podcast. I am so excited you are here. And if you are a regular listener, again, you have no flippin' idea how much it means to me to have you here to tune in whenever the podcast pops up. It really, really means the world to me. So if you haven't already, make sure to give Embody Your Soul a follow, a subscribe wherever you listen, and definitely a review on Apple or Spotify. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Soul underscore of course if you feel called to please book a reading with me on my website or the link in my instagram bio it will be there for you hello i am so excited my face hurts from smiling and this guest is such a special human i deeply admire him not only as a spiritual leader healer author communicator facilitator but i am so honored to call him a colleague and a friend someone i can literally pick up the phone and give him a ring and he would be there for me his name is none other than dr stephen farmer he is a world-renowned shamanic practitioner best-selling author ordained minister licensed somatic therapist and licensed psychotherapist What is so beautiful about him is with his work, he comes at a very thoughtful angle of bringing his doctorate, his literal school training, but bringing a wholeness with this shamanic spiritual practices. And it's been incredibly powerful. And of course, he is the master at his craft. He is the reason why he is Dr. Stephen Farmer. He has produced many beautiful pieces of work. This is from books to oracle cards. I personally have his earth magic and power animal cards, which I use every single day, whether that's separate or together. It's so much fun to play with spirit, to really tap into my intuition and just you know, have something to reflect on, whether that's a card or two. I am also honored to have read his beautiful work, Sacred Ceremony, which honors the various milestones and ceremonies in our life, whether that's a birth, a death, a marriage, a communion, a party of any sort. It's really such a lovely book and I highly recommend. And this episode is about one of his most Really renowned works that he is well known for in the spiritual community, and it's all about ancestral karma. So, a book I highly recommend for anyone at any stage of their life, especially if you're going through some kind of spiritual awakening, or if you feel like you are experiencing patterns after patterns that you feel like you just can't get yourself out of, and you feel a burden on your shoulders, in your body, in your heart. This book, Healing Ancestral Karma, is for you. And definitely this episode, in this discussion, we get into what is ancestral karma, what does it mean, how does it show up, how do we hold space for it, and how can we begin to learn from it and heal from it. And again, this is from the guy himself, the Ancestral Karma King. So if you haven't already, definitely make sure to give Dr. Farmer a follow on Instagram at Dr. Stephen Farmer. If you want to check out all of his works and even opportunities to connect with him, whether that be a retreat or a seminar, but also he holds one-on-one mentorship programs. And... I wouldn't miss out on those. So definitely go to his website at drstephenfarmer.com. You can find everything you need there. He is also on Facebook if that is your jam. Again, thank you so, so much. I cannot wait to get into this episode. If you haven't already, I'll say it again. Make sure to give me a follow on Instagram at embodyyoursoul underscore or simply email me at hello at embody your soul. And let me know what you thought about this. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear what you thought. I'd love to hear your favorite part. No doubt do I love it. But it would be so great to share your thoughts with Dr. Stephen Farmer. I'll make sure to put all this information in the show notes. So guys, let's just get right to it. Stop yapping your mouth, beeves. Here we go. Oh, well, thank you, Stephen, for joining me. It's always amazing to connect with you and I like I like the scruff.
1: <laughs> That's my five day scruff.
0: Yeah. Looking like a true, a true wise elder.
1: I'm getting there. <laughs> it's, it's, it's practice. by tomorrow right. it'll be it'll have disappeared. And then oh, it'll wonderful. regrow, you know, so I'm going through cycles like that where I let it grow for a few days <laughs>
0: yeah. just to
1: try it out, you know. Oh, my gosh. I yeah, thank love you, it. Thanks.
0: Oh, my gosh. Of course. So I love to start off this podcast, uh, bringing it back to the name Embody Your Soul. So in your own words, what does it mean to embody your soul?
1: I think it's probably a little more common that we're disembodied or in way, ways say dissociated from that part of us that we call our soul. And so what I know is happening and I see it happening a lot, as I'm sure you do and your listeners do is the best way I describe it is an awakening process, you know, notice that it's a process, you know, it's not an event where suddenly, although people sometimes get maybe through a period of suffering or just a, like a blinding flash of light that begins the initiation and i do call it an initiation into this awakening process and then you start paying attention to how spirit guides you or you could say god great spirit universe i don't it doesn't really matter in one very real sense what you call that force uh great spirit or spirit is fine that's the one i typically use god's fine with me it's a different kind of God than maybe we've grown up to believe is the white the guy with the white beard in the clouds. who's <laughs> gonna punish you if you're naughty, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> baloney. Anyway, so in back to your question, embodying the soul, there's a couple of things about that. One is in the awakening process, I think part of what it the task really is to discover how much information the body provides as an expression or the soul being a you could say a conduit of that information or a channel for that information to the physical self and the soul one way of describing it is the soul is the the link between the larger force the larger creative force called spirit and how it shows up physically and we live in a world where our thinking is very much dualistic, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, masculine, feminine. The paradox is that, yes, there's the one capital O and E, you (laughs) know, the, the unified connection that we have, the intimate connection we have with the earth, all of the, every being on the earth as well as the celestial, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, our consciousness, one way to put it, has come from the stars. You know, I let's put it this way, I have it on good information that, that mm-hmm. our conscious awareness was in in embedded, you know, somehow through the stars. You call it aliens or a force or something like that, you know, whichever theory you believe. So back to what I was saying, though, I think that's a be, a way to consider it. Bebe? Uh, BB? Do I call you BB or Alex? Yeah, call me Okay. I'll be.
2: Be,
1: call you BB, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so that's how I picture it is like this three aspects, really, not just dualistic, but three aspects. There's the force, use the force, Luke, you know, God, creator, etc. It's sort of that spirit, that great spirit, funnels down through the soul and then as an intermediary and then is expressed through the body. And uh, one more thing I would say about it too is I'm a real proponent. People I work with are when I'm teaching a workshop or anything like that, a frequent question, and nobody seems to get tired of it. When somebody's talking about something, I'll go, what do you notice in your body? And part of that is an aspect of my mission, is to encourage people, pay attention to those sensations. It's it's kind of the leading edge of your intuition, is the sensations in your body. You feel something in your body, sensations, before you could you put a, a label on it of some kind of emotion. Often I'll say if just some, something is moving, or they say like emotion, you know, energy and energy motion. Sometimes when I'm feeling something, I don't know necessarily if it's sad, joy, happy, sad, you know, whatever. But I'll just say to somebody, I'm feeling emotional. And that's enough for me right there. Then I can get a little more discriminating as to what I might call that emotion Mm -hmm. so yeah that's my that's my take on embodying the soul good name for Mm -hmm. your podcast too
0: oh thank you I I like it too (laughs) so for our listeners you know I think obviously with my own kind of process it's been a huge part of my healing to kind of go back. And I know what what you say is when you heal, you heal heal those before you and ahead of you. Uh, And I am of course like so excited to talk to you about this. This is like your jam. So even just to start from these really simple questions to our listeners, what is ancestral karma and how did you get involved in this work?
1: Yeah, I think it started, and I'll explain what I mean by ancestral karma in just, just a moment. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was remembering back when I, I was first sort of grabbed hold of by the ancestors. And it's very unusual in indigenous communities generally to not incorporate the ancestors in their daily life. I heard one story in African community. I can't remember what it was. It might be Zulu, but I, I don't want to, you know, say that for sure. But what they do is in their hut, they set aside a special chair
2: mm. for
1: that ancestor that is part of the gang, part of the family. And nobody else sits in that chair. And the funny part is what, what was said in this one piece I researched is it's right next to the beer. <laughs> you know as if the ancestor could actually drink the beer but you know they smell it they see it etc they're honored in that way so i was born and raised up till i was 12 in cedar rapids iowa i remember going back there a few years ago it's probably been 15 years or, or so ago and i'd already involved myself in shamanic healing shamanism etc so tuning into i was walking the land outside the hotel enjoying a nice twilight evening Mm -hmm. and without any prompting I suddenly heard that voice you know and again most of you will recognize this that voice that inner voice and it said in about the same volume and tone you're walking on the bones of your ancestors Mm -hmm. wow you got my attention there what's going on here And then I looked around the trees, the stars, you know, the land, the bushes, the plants, etc. And I was recalling how, let's say in Australia, in aboriginal Australia, and I believe also the Maoris in New Zealand, of course, you know, that the ancestor not just like ascends to heaven, they actually go into the land. So in the land, especially if you've been, raised in one area for many, many years, you are walking, metaphorically, walking on the bones of your ancestors. The difficulty in, in experiencing that is most of us don't live in the same place more than a few years. Very mm-hmm. mobile society, so we don't have that connection in that way to the ancestors of the land. So anyway, so that really sparked a little fire you know, the, like the beginning stages of a fire. Like, I got to check into this more. And so one thing after another through shamanic journeying, through meditation, reading, researching, etc. some things, and also in a three-year, one of the trainings I did in shamanism, shamanic practice, in a three-year program is we did this amazing exercise, or more accurately, it was more than an exercise, a shamanic mm-hmm. journey where basically you send your consciousness or some say soul, into non-ordinary reality, and there you receive teachings and ceremonies and healings, etc. But in this particular case, the assignment was to do a journey after the point of death.
2: Hmm.
1: After that, I think I've done like four journeys altogether, each one filling in a little bit more. Hmm. And I was told also when I came out of that first one is, here's a structure. And that is that there's basically 12, I I hesitate calling them levels, but 12 stages you go through in your actual evolution through the afterlife. And each one requires you to do certain tasks, you know, and it may be working with those who are living in your lineage. So they're around us, you know, particularly those in our lineage, whether we're aware of it or not. And they will let us know that in some ways maybe a dream oh my my uncle came to me or i see symbols that represent my grandmother whose ancestor who passed but repeated symbols and i go wow what's going on here you know things like that as you well know so that was another significant step in understanding this whole thing about ancestors and then again through further work i realized or I was taught, I should say, by the ancestors <laughs> that there can be what you could call mutual healing. And that when an ancestor goes through their spiritual evolution, again, that they'll be contacting you in some way. You know, you, you may not believe it, but something in you knows that. So I found out, too, there was a writing, a book by David Furlong about ancestors and about how one exercise in particular, how we can work with them in healing ourselves, physical, emotional uh, conditions, mental conditions, etc. And we can actually work with them across time and space to be able to do the healing now it's kind of lengthy to describe so I'll just the short version is <laughs> you're calling in your the, the ancestors of your lineage you're working in this case uh, quite often I work with archangel michael and you identify the condition and then you set them before you you call to them to be with you the th- previous three generations and then with michael's help you send uh, healing energy you could say to the ancestor that identifies himself or herself as the one carrying the most the same condition. And then what happens is they send the healed condition back to you. <laughs> it's really cool. Like it takes about a half hour, but i am give you the two-minute sketch. Mm-hmm. And then what you do is you send that healing, that now healed condition, onto your descendants. Mm. So the idea of karma, although I borrowed it from Hinduism, is that you still are carrying some of the, in the broadest sense, I would say illnesses, you know, that your ancestors carried. Conditions, troublesome conditions, conditions that inhibit the free flow of the life force that is your spiritual self, if you will. So um, in that, what has happened also, there's a new science, relatively new science, called epigenetics, where it's shown that if, let's say, a grandma had a certain condition and you're really not aware that she had this condition, but you have a, tr- a problem, let's say, with a heart arrhythmia mm-hmm. something like that. Not life-threatening, but troublesome. And you you go through this healing process by sending healing, love and light via with the help of Michael, Archangel Michael, and to heal her so she can move on and then she kicks it back to you and hopefully you're going to get results. So that's that's the idea of what karma is. The new science is called epigenetics.
2: Mm. And it basically
1: that oh a simple way to say it is the, the DNA you have like for you Bibi, you got the DNA, you know got certain characteristics etc. that's your DNA. But there's also a way to think about it is there's on off switches with the genetic expression of certain characteristics, certain physical, mental, emotional characteristics. What happens is you find, let's say, an inordinate amount of depression that's going on. And then you discover that without being totally surprised (laughs) that your great grandfather also suffered from depression and it's Mm -hmm. come down the line. That's what I mean by karma. So when we do the healing work with ancestors as a. A very relatively well-known psychic medium, Hollister Rand. I had a conversation with you and she about this stuff, and she said, "Oh yeah, healing goes backward and forward, or what mm-hmm. the Course in Miracles, the one piece I remember from the Course in Miracles I did <laughs> years ago. When I am healed, I am not healed alone. So, and then other uh, piece about epigenetics, Rachel Yehuda, who is uh, she's a psychiatrist, a neurologist, etc. Well, she's actually studied Holocaust survivors and their children and grandchildren and what she found is an inordinate amount of depression anxiety in those offspring of the survivors or a second or a third generation Mm
2: -hmm. of
1: those who survived the holocaust and also 9 11 the women who are pregnant found that they had again inordinately Anxious babies, fussy. They could not be comforted. They couldn't receive the mothering. They couldn't receive the nurturing. That just, and they were, (laughs) mom was pregnant. You know, during that version of a well, that disaster that took place. So a long-winded answer, you know, to that what's karma. But I I think it's a way to work with the ancestors. And you know, again, part of my mission is just get to know your ancestors, and also not only the ones of your lineage, but there are the elders. That, you know, even though it becomes more and more diffuse, you know, generation after generation that you go back, it doesn't matter. There's some pieces of the elders that comes through, or the old ones, sometimes they're called, that will come to you to counsel you. I have an old one, an elder, that I learned, and it, I won't even go to the story, it's a long story, but I met some time ago. And he told me that he was embodied on the earth 25,000 years ago. <sighs> yeah, and... Anyway, again, I got a whole I got, <laughs> You know me, baby, I'm a storyteller, so I'll shut yeah. up here for a second. oh no, right I quick.
0: love it. Oh my gosh. No, I always I, I I joke with you. I'm like, your mouth opens. I'm just like, I'm all ears. I'm oh, here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, and that's it's pretty crazy because I know I've looked back and tried to kind of understand my reactions, and I'm not that In a way, I feel like it's really easy to kind of be not say it's yours, but I'm really realizing wow, a lot of pain that I experienced actually isn't mine. You know, even I'm, I was kind of piecing together. I'm like, okay, well, my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, escaped the Hungarian Revolution. So,
2: wow, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and she was, like 18, 19. And so maybe that's why I really don't like loud noises. Like I hear a motorcycle or bang. I'm like, "Ah," like it really bothers me. And I'm like, oh. And I also, I found that I'm really good at like getting kind of isolated and dark. I really just kind of like, oh, no one understands me. And maybe that's how she felt as a Hungarian woman in New Zealand and trying to make friends and yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. The whole arena of getting to know your ancestors, you know, it's not about worshiping them, you know, making them into saints or anything like that. Cause they were just like, for the most part, regular people, you know, whatever their status in the hierarchy of beings is, I, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. They're just regular people for the most part. I have fond memories of my grandfather, my father's father. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've done a lot of healing with my parents, my mother and my Mm -hmm. father, where I feel really complete with Mm -hmm. that relationship. My mother comes to me. She came to me one time, well, actually two times that were very, very significant. And Mm -hmm. there was a lot of healing and forgiveness that took place Mm -hmm. during those those encounters. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mom. And my father, he he comes to me and basically what he says, God bless him, is in various words, he says, you know, keep going, you're doing a good job. You know, it's it's really Mm -hmm. gratifying to hear that from my father, who would tend to be more passive and kind of stayed in the distance. But again, he's gone through of the 12 steps, you know, through the afterlife, according to what I was given. He's probably on number four, you know, number Mm -hmm. five, you know, by now. So mm-hmm. that's another point: is that there is a spiritual evolution. So people aren't sainted just because they die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Typically, they aren't. I shouldn't say there's exceptions. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> Wait. So that's interesting. With, uh, I feel like this is just kind of a random, but not so random. So the twelve steps of spiritual evolution is that done every single time you're back? You kind of reincarnate as a human being, or is that just done as many times when you're crossed over?
1: Well, number one, I'll qualify that by saying I'm not, I know it's a very strong belief, Mm -hmm. in but I have my doubts. And I, I can't, I'm not sure I can explain that, you know, and I'll leave it at doubts. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, or that I've got another supposition about that. But I do believe we certainly inherit, you know, the epigenetics, the genetic expressions of on off in our genes due to you know other elements coming down the pike, you know mm-hmm. definitely. Where does um, where does that ancient wisdom that sometimes just boom, you know, come out? Where does yeah. the psychic psychic capacity? Why are you drawn? Not you, like you, yes, but generally yeah. you. Why is one drawn, you know, to doing psychic work, you know, or mediumship or anything like that? I would put money on it if you are, let's say, working with mediumship somewhere probably in one of the more like the second or third generation back there was somebody there that saw apparitions you know that saw the deceased loved ones <laughs> but perhaps due to social constraints during those times it was suppressed yep now <laughs> hey does anyone know where you can find a good medium you know you yeah can, okay,
2: here, here's
1: <laughs> here's 10 here's 10 names you know check them out they're all i can vouch for every one of them you know that kind of thing, so yeah, who knows? Anyway, so as far as reincarnation, you know, it's been explained to me that one one person was describing how you kind of split, you know, and your soul reincarnates. I'm trying to remember how she put this, but there's another aspect of you that remains in mm. the afterlife. Now, mm-hmm. It's an interesting, and that's a tough one to get get your head get my head around
2: yeah okay okay.
1: it's an explanation but again i think we do carry the memories absolutely Mm -hmm. the memories of our ancestors definitely definitely you know whether we there we see them that way or we just know that that's something i think i want to encourage everybody check out you know call on an ancestor call on great grandma get to Mm -hmm. know her oh grandma's here you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing or grandpa's here Mm-hmm. And look for ways that you can identify that, in fact, an ancestor is, is showing up to give you some kind of guidance, protection, etc. Again, it's not a devotional practice. It's not, we're not making them saints. You know, it's just, man, we need as much help as we can get going through this era right now that's so chaotic, unpredictable. There's uncertainty. Things are going on all over the world. People are an- anxious. I think people are in a lot of fear. So to stabilize and to stay grounded, we need to have resources that help us do that. It's not the only way, but I think it's an important way that obviously I've been tagged to help introduce this more and more into the, shall we say the public eye, but the public heart and soul.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that so much. And so i trying to have a Rolodex of questions. I'm like, okay, one at a time. So how I feel in the most way to obviously keep anyone confidential, but just what has been a very common theme that you see show up with healing ancestral karma, you know, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually.
1: Yeah. Well, I, the best way I can describe it is one story that really jumps out in my head. And that's a woman after I, one of the first workshops I did on this a few years back and um this woman wrote me the next day, you know, thank you for the class. You know, I really enjoyed it, etc. Here's what happened. I had a dream. And the dream was that I was approached. I was in the forest and I saw what looked like a campfire just off in the distance. And so as I approached it, I noticed that it was a circle of men, mm-hmm. you know, sitting around the campfire. And then as I tuned in and got closer, I saw that my grandfather's back was to me. At that time he was the one in other words his back was facing me as i approached the the campfire in the circle and this is the one i worked with you know that came to me in this process that i described and he turned to me and said thank you i can now sit in circle mm. a simple way of saying thank you is a blessing that he was able to move he was able to continue in some way and it was shown to her in this dream and that's again what i mean by the ancestors will come to you in your dreams daydreams when you're just about to go to sleep or you'll turn around and go who's there and not know yeah. quite who's there you know not in a spooky way or anything like that but just you see some motion out of the corner yeah. of your eye you know that's where that part of the eye picks up motion you know the middle part of the eye tends to focus, but the the outer part tends to have the receptors for motion. So Mm -hmm. there's different ways that can come to you. A medium, you go to a medium. You know, I went to one a few years back. In fact, yeah, I can show this. It was Hollister. And that's when my father came through, you know, Mm -hmm. really loud and clear. She identified him. She nailed it. Mm -hmm. My brother, who died a few years ago, this is a silly story, but I was playing blackjack and Mm -hmm. I like to gamble. I'm not a you know, crazy gambler, addictive kind of thing, or anything. I just enjoy it, you know. And I know when to walk away, you know. And as I heard, the best advice I heard: walk away when you're winning, walk away when you're losing. Got it. Okay, so I set my limits, etc. I'm really good about that. Thank God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> anyway,
1: yeah. Thank God, <laughs> because you know there are people that go, yeah. Oh, I can get this money back, and then you oh. know that's why that's why the casinos look so fancy.
2: You know, when <laughs> yeah. That's why and
1: stuff anyway the 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 point of the story is i'm sitting there you know playing blackjack not a significant amount of money typically but i would hear my brother whisper in my ear yeah double down okay don't hit and i'd say nine out of ten times when i heard that advice i won so (laughs) maybe a practical reason to tune into your ancestors god love you god love you wally yeah
0: Oh my gosh. No, I, I love that so much because I've been playing around with that lately too. Honestly, what actually really, where kind of it really started more intensely was after I read Laura Lynn Jackson's book, Signs. Actually, Kathleen sent it to me for my birthday. And that's what I started getting my rainbow signs. And now it's like really fun because I'm like, hey, like I, I went down the list of like my my ancestors, you know, you'd say my loved ones and my guides. and like, what do you want your sign to be? So I can know like you're around. And now it's just really fun because it's playful and I can say, Hey, come on this walk with me. And they show themselves like really beautiful ways or even just, I think what they're trying to tell me is like, just kind of knowing that they're there. I think that's also kind of, their way of responding to, because I know I get really imposter syndrome over my claircognizance, I think just because it's not like a clairvoyance or a clairaudience. It's just kind of this knowing, um, mm-hmm. and of course, as a human, I'm very anxious. So it's almost like they're giving me this deep inner knowing of like, they are with me and it's really, really cool. And I think mm-hmm. everyone can have that ability of just even knowing that they're there, even without even saying that they know that they're there. They just are always there with us. We're never mm-hmm. alone.
1: That's a good point. We, we are never alone. You are never alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I even wrote a song. I, I think, you know, I mm-hmm. I read some original songs and there's that line in there about you're never alone someone always walking beside you, you know, whether you're aware mm-hmm. of it or not. So totally agree. And, and my experience is testimony for myself, you know, mm-hmm. testimony that that's the truth. Yeah. yeah it, it, I, and again, I encourage everybody, you know, get to know your ancestors, you know, you can go to ancestry. If you want to get some food for your brain too. go to ancestry.com <laughs> and there's a system they have of actually looking up your ancestors, you know, as far as they can go. I got involved in it and I was getting all sorts of requests, like, you know, am I this or that? So I just kind of dropped it. But there was some good information that came through. And that's another way, excuse me, another way to know or to get to know about your ancestors. You know, that's a different way of saying it versus getting to know your ancestors through Mm -hmm. things like signs, things like symbols Mm -hmm. that show up. Like you said, asking, stating this is your symbol. You know, if you could just please show it to me, you know, whenever there's an ancestor present, until it gets embedded, you just know it. Mm -hmm. You just know they're with you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Trust.
1: You trust (laughs) that they're with you.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so what are some ways that people can start getting to know their ancestors, whether that's today or even just over time?
1: All right. Well, another take on ancestry is this. And I'll respond to your question, but another take on ancestors, you know, is one that, again, was a download. I call them downloads. And given this kind of information that, um, to put it in context, the Earth's been around for four and a half billion years. Another four billion years, it's probably going to get swallowed by the sun, but hey, <laughs> that'll give you something to worry about, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, not, not to worry it's a long ways away, beyond time. You can't even comprehend that. But it's been around a long time, and so something seeded life here. There were some seeds of life, and those seeds are DNA. Mm
2: -hmm. And there's
1: a couple of stories I read that are theoretical and a good story. Like they say, uh, good stories tell a lot more than scientific information. We know that DNA is a molecule. We know that it has the genetic, the genes, and that's how it expresses. Yeah, okay, got it. So, but what I read in Michael Harner's book, who's the founder of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and I also studied mm-hmm. with him three-year training, et cetera. He wrote in his book about these little critters that came across space and landed on the Earth. And then Jeremy Narby, in a, an amazing book called The Cosmic Serpent, You know, detail that went into, he's an anthropologist, but he went into studying microbiology, this and that, whatever. And the number of snakes and snake representations, especially coiled snakes. You hear that? Coiled snakes. Wow. His conclusion was that shamans back when were actually seeing DNA in their visions But they had no, you know, science wasn't around then. So they had to equate it with something of the land and it was serpents or snakes. Mm. I think that's, that's a trip. (laughs) That's a trip. Anyway, back to that. So there's long in my ancestor cards, Oracle ancestor cards, DNA is the master ancestor. Mm. You know, it's within all of us, all beings on the planet in some way, shape or form, you know, not just us. And then, we even go back to the primordial elements, earth, air, fire, and water. Think about it. What's our bodies made of? Earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What do we breathe? Air, etc.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to have water. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we have to lubricate, you know. There mm-hmm. is a fire inside us. Sometimes when we have this burning passion, you know, we can feel the mm-hmm. fire inside us. Mm-hmm. So then that's that's going quite a ways back. But then where it starts to get a little more you can recognize it is prehistoric ancestors, plants, minerals, al- animals. Mm. Who are we but an animal?
2: Mm.
1: We, we have monkey bodies, as Terence yeah. McKenna put it. You know, we basically were related to the great apes. And sometimes, somewhere, some time ago, one of those apes got up and walked on two feet and continued to walk on two feet. And there began a whole new era. So there's a very deep ancestry, you know, if you really think about it. And that construction is also one that I mentioned the new, uh, yeah, it's okay to mention it. I don't mean to, I'm not promoting the cards necessarily, but if you like them, go look it up. Messages (laughs) Messages from your ancestors' oracle cards. But that typology, if you think about it, when I've introduced that idea to people, they go, oh, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. So... That's a, a way a, a a longer range of thinking about who your ancestors. It's those who came before. You know, period. <laughs> All of mm-hmm. those. And those that we don't typically consider, you know, in our human form, that I'm related to an ape. In the old Hawaiian religion, in fact, supposedly the tarot plant is the original ancestor. A plant. Mm. But think about it. The plants were here before we were, long before we were.
0: Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So, because I know I have your Earth Magic and your Power Animal cards. I'm sure it would read similarly, but just for any of our listeners going like, okay, well, this is different than your other ones. So how would you kind of look at a reading when you pull some cards?
1: Yeah. So I mentioned the three You could say categories, you know, the DNA, master, ancestor, the primordial, Mm -hmm. earth, air, fire, water, and then the prehistoric, which are the animals, Mm -hmm. plants, I think minerals too, but animals and plants for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And there's a fourth category, because when I began the cards, I thought, well, I can't put everybody's grandmother in it. You know, that's ridiculous. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's stupid. You know, it's beyond ridiculous. (laughs) So how does that work? I went, oh, archetype. Mm. So. The grandmother card, for instance, typically there's with each ancestor there's a key word. For grandmother card, since I brought that up, the key word there is grace. And you see this image of an elderly woman, and she's mm. got she's got her hand outstretched, and there's a little bird sitting
2: mm. on
1: on her hand. So what that can evoke, just the image itself, is that sense of grace or that feeling of grace. And then I tell people when i uh, when i instruct them about the use of the cards is see what play see what plays off you that connection you have with that card that ancestor or the archetype of the ancestor it might be actually your grandmother you know it could be your your biological grandmother or it could be a figure like out of history you know betsy ross i don't know that comes to mind and that's who comes to you that fulfills that archetype
2: mm-hmm. so
1: the balance of the cards are all archetypes writer artisan teacher dancer etc that you can relate to in that way either as a archetype or someone you know in your lineage or a heroic figure that you know mm-hmm. you know from reading etc i contact let's say ernest hemingway you know mm-hmm. the writer card comes up oh okay words is a keyword comes to mind is ernest hemingway so i start working with the the soul the ancestor, Ernest Hemingway. He becomes my de facto ancestor for my work as a writer. So that's how you work with him. And there's a guidebook in there. It gives more extended messages and understanding of each ancestor. Uh, It's a good one. I I say that with all no false (laughs) humility or arrogance. It's just it's proven to be a really good deck in providing readings. And and one of my real tests of it is uh, Jessica has been working with him and she she's there as good as the earth magic cards mm-hmm. and earth magic are hot, you know, you know that mm-hmm. from working <laughs> So I, I'm just very pleased. And at the same time, very humbled, you know, that mm-hmm. I've been called, this is what I've been called to work with more and more. Yes. And then on, you know, in addition, the spirits of nature, because when you are working with the spirits of nature, think about it. You're working with your ancestors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tree is a tree, Right. But that was here long, our trees were here a long time before we showed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's a relatively brief description of the cards and how to work with them.
0: Yes, no, absolutely. Thinking back to, I think it was over a month ago when I called you during the whole craziness happening in my life, coming out as a medium and you're like, you know what, take some deep breaths, get your feet on the ground ask your ancestors and mother Gaia to remove all the toxicity from your body. Yeah, and yeah. I love that. I now, like when I'm kind of having a day, I do that and I seek to do that like more often, more than like oh, a couple times a week. But I love how really simple it is to connect.
1: Yeah. I think yeah.
0: not only the fact of reinforcing that we are really never alone, but it's really getting yourself, surrounded by through consciousness but also through action really just like builds the intention more so which i love and that's also one thing that your cards do which is great i would love to hear what are some other ways that you've enjoyed connecting with your ancestors Yeah, i know you play music and you write and you know go outside walk barefoot what are your favorite ways
1: well one way is call the ancestors and you can do it through a calling song it's really simple i won't do the whole Uh, Usually, it's best to sing songs like that four times, but forgive me, ancestors. I'm just going (laughs) to sing the words once, and it's real simple. Ancestors, and you can do it with a drum or a rattle. Ancestors, Mm -hmm. ancestors, we are calling. Ancestors, ancestors, we are calling. Come, come, come. And then uh, a friend of mine, John, we were doing this chant to this calling song, and then after the fourth time, he switched it. Ancestors, ancestors, they are calling. Ancestors, ancestors, they are, etc. etc. So that's one simple way. is just, you know, call them. Take out your drum and rattle. If you don't have it, get one. Consecrate it, you know, <laughs> treat it as sacred. And play the drum. I like that better than beat the drum. You don't want to beat the mm-hmm. drum. But yeah. play the drum. And then do that calling song. And watch what happens. Just watch what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other is, I think I know my uh, former, well, not former. She was my sister-in-law. She'll go to the grave once a year Mm -hmm. of my brother.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: she'll sit there and have a conversation with him.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. The the grave, of course, being largely symbolic. But Mm
2: -hmm. who knows? Maybe
1: she's actually talking to him. You know, his spirit is there. And it shows up to her in some way. And that's one way you know, to work with this, her former, her deceased husband, you know, as ancestor, you know, Mm. being able to do that. The other is meditation, you know, go into that meditative state, whatever it is, and breathe, and then just say, thank you, ancestors, please make yourself known to me in some way. Or, I prefer to pray this way, thank you for making yourself known. Mm. 95% of my prayers are prayers of thanks. Mm -hmm. as if it's already happened, because that sets me up for that expectation that it is happening or will happen.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: again, I think it works. You know, it's a great way to do it. So those are some ways. Um, Lay on the ground. Go Go out on Mother Earth somewhere where it's safe to do this, you know, and just lay down on the ground and breathe with that ancestor, that very huge ancestor, Mother Earth. You know, go sit by a tree. And yes, tree, nature spirits, yes, but like I said, the spirits of nature that show up expressing physically as, let's say, a tree, also, it's an ancestor. So you can work with it from either angle. And one thing that one of my favorite things to do, and I haven't done it for a while, but I will do it, you know, again, I know, is to sit with your backbone against the backbone of the tree. In other words, the the trunk. And just breathe. Breathe breathe with the tree. Or another one is ancestor tree.
2: Mm.
1: Teach me about yourself. Mm. Where have you been? What was it like growing up? Were you a seedling? You know, just ask questions and see what shows up. And again, Mm. like you said, you're claircognizant that people, just that knowing, it could be that's the way you receive the information. It could be visions in your inner eye. It could be the voice in your mind. And definitely it could be sensations in your body that that could include the other modalities as well. Like largely I get my information auditory and and sensory,
2: Mm -hmm. but
1: I also get it visually and what you might call cognitive, but Mm -hmm. I tend to rely more on the voice, the voice Mm -hmm. I call it. Mm -hmm. So those are some, you know, some ways.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I love it. I know something that I'm That I've learned, especially from my current mediumship teacher, Suzanne Giesman, is she's, you know, she's taught us, you have to make sure you feel spirit with you. Because, of course, it's so easy for us to kind of make up, especially when we're in the moment and we're nervous, we want to tell our client, you know, something. But that has been huge for me because I know that's also one of of the ways I'm fortunate enough to feel spirit is also sensory and very emotionally, and it's definitely allowed me to also reconnect with my ancestors in that way and feel them and honor them. I guess this is kind of, it's a question I sometimes get, and also it's one that I used to wrestle with, but just so listeners can kind of hear if they are wrestling with this and they feel like they do feel very connected, What is the difference between the voice and like your kind of mind's voice, your anxiety?
1: Well, it's one, it will never ask. The voice will never ask you to do anything harmful. You know, it's the Mm -hmm. first thing. So mm-hmm. when you hear things like, I feel like killing that driver that just passed me, that's not the voice, <laughs> the capital V voice, you know, you can yeah, feel, go ahead and feel that, but just feel it. You don't have to act on it, you know, and yeah. I think most people are blessed with a, a containment about something like that, for instance.
2: Mm-hmm. The other
1: is typically when you're in a rush, when you're hurried, when you're just anxious about anything, it's just like a filter. Mm-hmm. you know, that prevents you from hearing that. Then your mind's going crazy, you know, overthinking, anticipating, you know, stepping out of the frame of presence. You're not You're not really present. So I advise things like, you know, meditate, you know, learn to find that place of stillness. And it's not that difficult to do. Most of us have, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Spring is a very active time. So I'm noticing that with a lot of people. People are Starting to gather together, you know, physically show up in gatherings and such, which is great. And yet that that fear sometimes is lurking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other thing is to ask and then take some breaths and see what shows up either outside or inside, you know, externally or internally. Again, mm-hmm. eyes, ears, feelings.
0: Okay, well, I'll just ask one more question, but... As you know, cross over and you look back at your wonderful life and what you've done, how do you want to feel and how do you seek to make others feel after you have crossed over?
1: Well, I have somewhat of a legacy recognizing that um, unlike certain figures, you know, 2,000, 3,000 years from now, yeah, I don't think I'll be remembered. It's okay. I'm okay with that. But what I I do hope as we enter into this next era, and I'm saying that in the largest sense, you know, the movement that's taking place now, the difficulties and challenges we're facing with Mother Earth, and I dare not say our Earth because we don't own it, mm-hmm. you know, we're just we really are guests. And I want to, well, see, I don't, I don't want to. I know it. I know that the. Publications, videos, etc. I think are I'm really clear that they're acts of service. I may get you know I may get paid for this and that or whatever, but that the priority there is they're acts of service, and I continually remind myself of that. And even a, a random acts, as they say, of kindness
2: mm-hmm. are really
1: acts of service. You know, comforting someone, you know, someone that you know that's going through a crisis or something like that, and it really is this elevation, if you will, of our human consciousness in this awakening to allow that we're human, make room for it. Example, whining. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I'm noticing, you know, very quickly how much I whine (laughs) (laughs) and how, not how much, but just noticing I want, you know, noticing when I whine. Mm Mm-hmm. I realize I don't want to stay there. I don't want to dwell there, but I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to allow it without, you know, beating myself up, you know, for it. But I also know I've developed ways to move beyond that. And I think one of the best ways, three words, gratitude, love, and compassion. Gratitude, love, and compassion because when I enter into a, a an estate or an expression of gratitude, I mean, go out and look at the stars. How can you not be grateful for that? You know, watching the trees, you know, wave at you Mm -hmm. as the wind blows. You know, things like that, little things. It really is the little things that inspire. But we just got to show up and pay attention and not get lost in our thoughts. Yeah. So I think this is just some ideas, you know, is move out of whatever that grumpy state or the complaining Etc. Make room for it. You know, it's, we're all human beings. You know, first and fo- foremost, and we carry baggage. You know, that's the way it is. You know, and we keep cleaning out the baggage. Great, good news. <laughs> in whatever ways that you are, but to be able to elevate oneself, and I think one of the ways, I should say, those three words really help us elevate: to really mm-hmm. sincerely express your gratitude, say thank you a lot, both to the non-visible beings that help us as well as to other people, to animals the love that they give us, you know, for the exchange, you know, for caring for them, you know, the interest. Uh, we panicked. We have two desert tortoises and one disappeared for two days and we're going, Oh my God, she got out the gate. Then we found her in a shed. Somehow she got in one of the sheds, out <laughs> and we're all like, Oh yeah. You know, happy. My mother-in-law was, she was telling me, I, I was, she was so excited. That she found saffron is her name that she was crying you know t- tears of gratitude yeah um, she she's really animal she was an animal activist years ago anyway wow. just I'm rambling a little bit but yes i do thank I you it.
0: very much thank you so so much stephen oh my goodness Hello, you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening. It really means the world to me. And whatever you're doing, wherever you are, it just lights me up to serve you in this way. I just have such a ball. So, of course, if you haven't already, run to Dr. Farmer's site at drstephenfarmer.com, snag his book, Healing Ancestral Karma snag his new deck, Messages from the Ancestors, along with many other beautiful pieces of his published works, Oracle Decks. He also, again, offers workshops, seminars. He also participates in really, really amazing retreats. So definitely check out the next one whenever that is coming up. And I wouldn't walk. I would literally get your jetpack and fly as fast as you can he offers one-on-one mentorship programs which are just so incredible and such an honor to really have the opportunity to have so of course if you haven't already as well follow this podcast wherever you love to listen and definitely make sure to leave a review it really really does wonders for the podcast Follow me on Instagram at embodyyoursoul underscore. And you can check me out, my story and my services. Book a reading with me on my website at embodyyoursoul.co. If you have any questions at all, please email me at below at embodyyoursoul.co. Thank you guys so, so much. I adore you. I'm obsessed with you. Please share what resonated with you. Please share what practices you are now going to implement that you learn from this podcast and maybe you'll snag a deck and I can't wait to see what intuitive hits come through again I love you guys and I'll see you next time